Welcome to Thoughtfully Mindless. My guest in this episode is Ilya Pashkov. Ilya is an award-winning futurist producer and art and creative director who brings over 15 years of experience in design, innovation, sustainability, and strategy. His expertise spans working successfully with enterprise companies, startups, and emerging technologies, demonstrating a passion for blending art and technology. In this conversation, we talk about blockchain technology, Web3, future innovations, AI, and much more. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. And with that, let's welcome Ilya. All right, Ilya, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Yeah, so I know you've told your story a bit and uh, everything, but how did you get into uh, innovation and blockchain and all of that. I know you you were into computers at a young age, so maybe just a brief overview of how you got into everything. Right. Uh, I mean, the first the first uh, blockchain uh, meeting for me was actually, I think Bitcoin was around like 40 bucks at that time. And uh, I think I have to pay for some services online. And everyone was just like buzzing around. It was just like the first wave of like Bitcoin is going to be the new revolution on the market. Everyone should know about it. Everyone should buy it. I was a bit like skeptical, but, you know, interested. What is it? But then uh, I think I was looking for, um, you know, to do like some like first transactions to buy something. And I have to buy the Bitcoin to to make it happen. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was like some, you know bitcoin only payment and for me it was just like interesting to see how the new cryptocurrency works so i bought the first bitcoin uh and made the first transaction i I don't think it that time it was no wallets pretty much you have to store your bitcoin i was storing it on my computer you have your hash key but there was no like a hard wallet or soft wallet uh but then and we were buying like pizza and some other stuff with my friends and thinking about to start like mining and yeah that was like my first my first uh, meeting with the cryptocurrency was back in ukraine so i listened to another interview you did and uh you lost of your bitcoin that you bought at 40 bucks is that right yes 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 i lost uh i I had around 80 bitcoins from the wallet. My computer got stolen from my office. <laughs> and uh, because there was no wallet, the computer itself was, you know, in my office. So I lost access to that computer. I lost access to that wallet. <laughs> yeah. And then when I figured it out that I don't have any, you know, uh, any duplicates, it was already too late. Yeah, so 80 bitcoin, what are we at right now with bitcoin? Like almost... We're over 40,000, right? We're at like 44, 43. Yeah. So what is that? Like yeah. Quite a bit. That's several million dollars now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> quite a loss, but you know. Did losing that make you hesitant to buy more later, to get more into it later? Or? It's It's interesting because I kind of forgot about that I have Bitcoins at all because I was not checking the price. And I remember that it was like, you know, not a lot of money <laughs> at, that, at that moment. Yeah. So I was not too upset. I wasn't even worried about that I have it. And then at the moment when it started to be like, I think like 800 or 1000 bucks, I was like, hey, wait a second. I think I, like, I had some Bitcoins. So I had to check where is it. 
and where is my computer? <laughs> but at that moment, yeah. it was already too late. Uh, to be honest, I was not crazy upset because I understood that, you know, it's, it's, it's a sign that I have to like learn more and like do a better dive into, into the cryptocurrency itself and, you know, can like be more aware of what's happening. So that's why it's for me, it was a very big push to learn and, you know, teach myself how to store cryptocurrency correctly and, you know, how the blockchain works and, you know, all, all the other things. So I think it was like a first first flag to me that hey this is serious it's not just like it's it's going to be revolutionary uh because when i was buying it first time for me it was just like you know i'm not sure if it's how long it's gonna how how long it's gonna last that project in general bitcoin what is it you know maybe it's you know another like just hype or something it's gonna disappear in a year but then i think i had like a more uh heavier hit uh i think in 2017 uh, it was <laughs> that was the time when I already knew everything, and you know, already was a crypto crypto evangelist. You know, I was like talking about cryptocurrency on the conferences, and you know, talking about decentralization. You know, a revolution on in tech in general, and I pretty much converted all my fiat into crypto, and I was accepting crypto only. <laughs> and it was like, mm. I think it was oh. a big mistake because I was so much, you know, pumped that, you know, crypto is growing so fast and, you know, the price, you're pretty much making money every day. More you put, more you make, you know, your assets is growing every day and it's just like rapidly rocket skying and new coins, coins launching, and also, you know, you can make like 30x, 50x, it's like, it was just something, something insane. And people were uh, at that moment, um, at very interesting, it was very like interesting mindset of, of the people that I met around the world who was in crypto, because it reminded, reminded me a little bit of like a Wolf of Wall Street movie, you know, because everyone just, you know, like a regular software developer just became crazy rich and just started to buy Lambos and like, it's just like some nonsense. Yeah. So at that, yeah, at that moment, I remember that uh, it was pretty heavy hit because, you know, I was storing everything in crypto and uh, one day, uh, you know, I'm just like waking up and I see that like, I was like <laughs> minus 50% of what I had. And then I was like, no, 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 yeah. it's going to recover. It's crypto. Everything is going to be good. And <laughs> minus 25% again. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. But, you know, because I have to, you know, pay my expenses in fiat. And most of the expenses I had was in uh, USD. Uh, so I had to convert crypto back. And already, already when I need to pay salaries for my team, for my people, and like, you know, pay all other, you know, things that I have to pay, it was just very painful and very heavy heat. I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I started getting into crypto in 2017, and I I put a lot of money, a lot of my fiat into crypto, and then I watched it go up a little bit, and then I watched it. I would have been better off having waited six months to start buying, but you learn, right? But yeah, that's that's how I learned. And then, like after after that, 2017, you like you started to treat uh, money, crypto, a bit different. Uh, you have to learn how to be called to a uh, big loss and big win. Let's be emotional because it's just like numbers, you know, numbers on your on your account. You know, these numbers could be huge and you can buy everything yeah. <laughs> or it could be very small. But technically, you know, it doesn't change my, much in your life. I mean, 
change, of course. But if you treat it as you know everything you have and you are like relay on it all your life, and you know it just doesn't doesn't make sense. You know, you you have to be you have to understand that this is just the currency that you know, and this is life, and this is currency, and yeah. <laughs> don't be so affected by it. And that's kind of like most important thing. Even though you know it's open opening a lot of doors and opening a lot of potential in this life. Bitcoin and crypto in general still have a lot of doubters. What would you say to people that consider, I've heard Bitcoin called a Ponzi scheme. What would your response to that kind of criticism be in general? Mm, I don't think it's a Ponzi scheme. Of course, it's very um, manipulative, but I don't think it's a Ponzi scheme. I think it's made, you know, it's actually made by developers with really good ideas and thoughts to create like a decentralization, to build an opposition of current financial systems. Because if you're thinking about the current financial system, systems, is, isn't it a Ponzi scheme? Isn't it, you know, every, do you feel like everything is legitimate there? Uh, it's just like on the large scale, uh, way bigger game that way more messed up. So I feel like, of course, is the speculation is high in, 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 in cryptocurrency and um, manipulations of the market is very high as well. But an idea that you can pretty much, uh, you don't have a third party that you need to pay some really big fees or you can actually have direct connection between uh, two, uh, like buyer and seller, let's say. I don't think it's a Ponzi scheme. I think it's just like another uh, technological step in, in like that innovates the financial system in general that opens way, way bigger doors of what's the you know, money is in general. Yeah, I agree with you. When I got into crypto in 2017, I got into it because my dad, I found out he was buying some like Litecoin and different coins. And I went and read the Bitcoin white paper and I was like, yeah, I'm behind this. And I wish I had read it years earlier because I was hearing about it. I was just kind of brushing it off. But it seems like a lot of people just, people are not quick to adopt technologies often. I think that, I mean, people said the internet was a fad at one point, and as we can see, it's far from a fad. It's uh, here to stay, right. for sure. I had a, a coworker at the last company I worked with. He didn't like Bitcoin, and he said, and it was a software company we were working for, which made it kind of funny to me. He said, it doesn't really exist. It's not real. And I was thinking, it's code, just like the company we're working for is code. Like we're, <laughs> our jobs exist because of code and that's what it is. So I thought it was kind of funny that that was his opinion when he worked at a software company. You know, some people, some people are innovators, like, you know, people who are, you know, they see in the potential in something, then uh, run to it and they just push in this innovation forward. I consider myself such a person. And some people, they're very conservative. They're just like, oh, no, like, I don't like anything new. So I have, like, this is my st stable, you know, situation here right now. And, you know, I have to double check everything. And it's also good. You know, the balance is always good because if you are, you know, running too fast and jumping into a nation, you're always losing way more than, you know, you just... Uh, being a conservative and you know checking this like stability in your life even though it's less interesting to me yeah but it's not just the code you know like code is just one part of it it's also based on the 
electricity you spend to mine. It's a lot of electricity to burn, right? So it's already you 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 can like you invest something to get something. So uh, isn't it like uh, United USD? Is it like fully real because you know it's could be printed as much as possible, and uh, you know what is it backed on like military? Mm, you know, like very interesting. But uh, technically, here we have electricity, we have the code, we have amount of users who using it. So you pretty much invest in uh, resources of the network that's pretty expensive in general to run. That would create value already. So imagine how many mining, yeah. uh, how, how many mining servers running, how many electricity needs to burn just to just to generate such a you know network in general as a Bitcoin, and just one Bitcoin, but how many how many of them there? So I already see the value in it. So when when people asking what is it like backed on, I was like at least at least you know these resources that were spent to to run it. But the most important piece is just like amount of people who hold it and amount of people who using it. Yeah. And among people who believe in it. So as long as there is like three people or two people who believe that Bitcoin gonna have some value and you know, same as you know, any physical object, you can exchange physical objects into something and say, like, I want like fifty bucks for this. Like, okay, I I'm I'm ready to buy for hundred. Okay, let's do it yeah. for eighty and you exchange it. So, you know, it's still it's still gonna exist because money is the same as not real, it's just like people just not fully understand it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like money isn't very well understood by a lot of people. And you touched on it. Like money can just be printed. Like US dollars, if anything's a Ponzi scheme, it's kind of US dollars because your share of US dollars is constantly being diluted versus if you have a tenth of a Bitcoin or a Bitcoin, you have a certain percentage of the entire Bitcoin that will ever be produced. I think it's 18 million or whatever. And that's never going to change, but with the U.S. dollar, it's going to change basically every day. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, it's funny to me when people call it a Ponzi scheme. Do you see Bitcoin as uh, like digital gold, or how do you view Bitcoin specifically? Uh, I think it's a definitely uh, an asset uh, that created pretty much so many new different assets so that created you know um revolution in fintech in general yeah i don't usually call it gold because for me gold is very you know it's very physical there is some analogy that you can say that bitcoin is the is the digital gold even though the gold price less volatile i would say than bitcoin price yeah. and less manipulated uh but there is, you know, some similarity in it. There is definitely some limitation of the resources that you can get. So there is a limit of Bitcoins could be launched. But I feel like the Bitcoin is like the, you know, the main currency that opened the doors for all other currencies to, to be launched, to do all this revolution. You know, like so many different, you know, good blockchains, good tech being developed after this. So it's just yeah. like a, you know, like a leader of the of the crypto market and i don't think it's going to disappear so easy because i feel like the price of the bitcoin let's say if you're going to think about think about next like 50 years definitely going to be increasing very high so it's really great as said if you're thinking about to you know something you would like to uh, invest in long term and share with your generation that's something that i consider is a good investment long-term investment like for let's say 
you want to have a wallet that you're going to give to your kids and your kids going to give to your, <laughs> to your grandkids, for example. That will yeah. be perfect investment because I believe that Bitcoin price is going to be like, pretty high in the next 10, 20 years, let's say. You, we can see like what happened for the past 10 years, right? Yeah. Um, and that's the, I'm not even talking, you know, about what's going to be happening several, like, several, like two, five years, let's say. But in long term, it's definitely good investment, like gold that you can, you can store. But of course, if you want to have some short strategies in crypto, you have to consider different, you know, different other currencies, tokens, something that you can trade with and you know, generate faster, uh, faster revenue for yourself. Are there other blockchains that you see a lot of long-term potential with? Uh, I mean, I usually, you know, like, it's such a good question, but, you know, there's a lot, definitely a lot of good, you know, technology developed. Uh, but I usually uh, keep myself with the, uh, with the top 10 leaders <laughs> on the market. I, I like to explore uh, different ones. So I would mention, of course, Ethereum, Solana, uh, Polygon, I like also, I think like 0x also good and was good at, at some point. Um, there's a lot of really good tech that's been developed. I don't like to, you know, there's like a different game in crypto, I'm probably familiar with it. There is a really heavy tech game where, you know, nerds, developers, smart geniuses, they build in some solutions and they're actually focusing on developing, you know, some innovation, uh, technological innovation in the space. And there are traders market makers who are actually making money and monetizing those tokens. So I'm myself more on the tech, you know, R&D uh, side. So I'm less trader, but I have, because I'm in crypto, I have a lot of traders uh, and a lot of people who are on that side of, you know, of the, of the crypto market. And it's totally different game. So here you focusing on, you know, developing faster, faster transaction, let's say um, the tech that can solve some problems finding the solution, how, how to make it more sustainable, green coins and like, you know, yeah. different, different ways to uh, like transformation into that space. And on the other hand, they are sometimes seeing like people just, you know, pumping and dumping all the time and they just make a huge ton of money on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is kind of, like, you know, this is cool that you can possibly do it on the market making. So you can, you know, somebody launched the token, they put a lot of uh, assets, liquidity, and then uh, they pumped the token very high. Yeah. And then when all the other people jumped in, they just like take it out and like they made a huge ton of money and disappeared somewhere. <laughs> I see a lot of examples like that. And it's kind of, you know, it's like it, it's, 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 the, it's, it's the, you know, it's existing in all the aspects of the life, of course, because people always, you know, passionate about making money and, you know, they find in the ways how to monetize themselves faster. Myself, I'm more on the tech side and, you know, I like to use tech to solve some problems and, you know, being a tech, you know, tech person for me, it's more interesting game than just making money. But I'm fully familiar that that part exists. Sometimes I'm even trying to buy some tokens, some currencies that I don't even know, just like see some signals that trader, traders and some private networks just said, buy this token is going to be 30x, 50x. And then you like burn all the money <laughs> after you bought yeah. it. It's just like... You know, there is no, there is no guarantee that you can that, that you can get something. But the game is definitely interesting. Yeah, I, the rug pulls are very frustrating. Um, as a believer in crypto and blockchain in general, it's it's very hard to see that because you know what happens is people who are naive and new to the market 
they get into it, they get all of their money lost and then they're soured on it and they don't want to get back in ever. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate. And then of course we have the meme coins that don't really add anything of value, but people just jump on them. I, if Elon Musk says a word, people create an Ethereum coin about that word. You know, it's, it's pretty That's wild. So to crazy! See. I hear from I hear I hear from people like, oh, is the this is the new coin that Elon Musk launched? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Elon Musk is like so busy doing his things. Like I'm imagining he's like actually launching every 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 coin, every token after he posts something. Uh, but actually, just like a few days ago, I was like, have you bought Doji? Doji is gonna be like, uh, like growing super fast. So this is like a you have to buy all like just. Put your everything you have just in dodge. You're gonna have, get so much access. I was like, okay, thank you, <laughs> thank you for the signal. <laughs> so I know maybe yeah. it's gonna help somebody. <laughs> I just got it a few days ago. So yeah, you you got some Doge. Uh, yeah, I got a little bit, uh, not a lot to be honest. Uh, I was, you know, there was a moment where I was, yeah, though I was working with my guys, my my uh, developers. So we were building the trading bot. And they were very heavy, like traders, you know, so they do like automated trading system. And that time I was buying a lot of Doge. It actually was like when Elon Musk was hyping a lot on it. Yeah. So we were building this system that you can, you know, automatically, you know, invest, reinvest, buy, sell, buy, sell, and adapt. And we had some good results, but when the market went down, and it's it's it didn't work well to me. So I'm not a professional trader, to be honest. And you know, yeah. for me, it's this game like trading. It's just like the I see a lot of successful people who are doing that, but like my mindset, my mindset is not as there. You know, I'm more like I like to create things. I like to solve problems. I like to find the ways uh, how to improve something. And you know, that's kind of like my that's how my my brain works. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, go into that a little bit. What are the some of the problems that you see blockchain solving over the coming years? Um, yeah, it's very, very interesting because like I had like very deep conversations with uh, uh, blockchain guys, and you know, like we were talking about that, you know. What actually impact blockchain blockchain meant because we were talking about like ten years already talking about this decentralization and revolution and, and everything. But what physically is actually you know uh, helped? You know, if there is like actual problem that is solved. You know, people been transferring money. You know, easy using wires. Let's say Swift. Uh, people were trading. Uh, people were uh, doing you know very similar financial iterations. So there was no much crazy innovation but for me i think that actually you know ability to disattach from current financial system to build something independent and decentralized it was very important step where you know every company can create their own currency create their own token and uh, pretty much create the internal like financial system that you know you can easy you know, own the money the company that you like that was the big like evolu- like evolution in fintech in general as the as yeah. the next step uh ability to uh disattach from the third parties as i said it's also you know pretty big step in blockchain you know it's been used used in security a lot we've been we've been building project you know for uh 
data security and you know privacy on the blockchain so having additional layers of you know storing the data such as like ipfs filecoin things like that you know um, yeah. project called ghost drive uh, we've been working on it for quite some time it's very interesting space even though you know the results technically you know like you can yes you can make everything super private and you know use blockchain as uh, additional security layers, just the speed and you know speed and connection of you know that process uh, sometimes could be not as you know as fast as you want. For example, to be honest, I think that blockchain. So there was like I I, I was just, just actually like talking about it like a few days ago. I think there was like an internet creation, right, and huge like transformation into the moment where blockchain was started, right. And Bitcoin will start, yeah. and then the next step is AI. So I feel like I feel like the biggest revolution is actually just happening with AI and applying blockchain with AI. So for me, like that part was just like uh, innovation that disrupt the fintech, innovation that uh, you know create that centralization that open these big doors for like the apps and like pretty much like all the new new way of even development and like. Uh, thinking about what is the fintech is, but the AI itself as a technological revolution is way bigger than blockchain. So we pretty much just like a step by step growing. So I feel like I feel like the the biggest the biggest uh, the biggest transformation going to be when the when we're going to apply AI and blockchain together. So when the AI going to be you know pretty much. You know, solving some issues, some issues on the blockchain and building their own blockchains and create this decentralization together. So that's like we at this step that we can have this bigger problem solved with AI. <laughs> yeah, I mean, blockchain really. What blockchain is is a database, right? A decentralized database or a or a shared ledger kind of database, right? Yep. Technically, yes. So like I see, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Like AI is much bigger than blockchain because blockchain has, AI just has so many use cases, so many possibilities. Exactly. But blockchain does have the ability to create kind of more transparency in certain things. Like if you have, oh yeah, definitely. let's say like the stock market, if, if you were to tokenize or put the stock market on a blockchain, you could potentially eliminate a lot of corruption, right? Like if you knew exactly if it was like tokenized shares instead of like paper shares or or digital shares that can be manipulated, you wouldn't have, you know, big hedge funds being able to sell shares that they don't really have and stuff like that, like double selling shares. Am I right? Conversation, hundred percent. I think, like, for me, just like very obvious. I was that's why I'm like, you know, I was thinking about what new I can add to it. But yeah, of course, the transparency and actually using it on the government level that you know I think is one of the one of the best use cases. You know, with the voting abilities, you know, with the um, uh, abilities to 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 make the transparent transaction and you know transparency in in the chains in general, like a food chain or in the uh, government system as a security part and you know having their own currency uh, on the on the government level so i think that's where blockchain could yeah. be uh, applied and you know have the best use case uh, but you know a lot of a, a lot of 
governments they're just pushing it you know a little bit back so they have big they need they need time to apply it correctly you know to the banking system even yeah. like even even in us you know like the the regulations you know the sec and everything they they've been stopping the you know the the evolution of the blockchain pretty pretty bad even though all yeah. the companies like jp morgan and all other ones they've been heavily applying and you know learning and using the blockchain features you know to to see how the technology can can be used and you know what it could improve in the system but yeah the blockchain did this did, did its evolution in general in the tech in the tech market but i feel like the ai just having way bigger way bigger impact on, on tech and, and humanity in general than just the blockchain yeah. but of course without block, blockchain evolution there, there, there wouldn't be like this fintech transformation and we wouldn't be where we are <laughs> To touch on what you said about like the SEC, blockchain does have some pretty big opponents. Uh, I think in the U.S. Senate, the biggest opponent is probably Senator Warren. Do you think it has enough resistance that they can actually kill crypto and blockchain, or do you think it's it's going to thrive and and move forward no matter what? I don't think that it possibly can can kill crypto. It just doesn't make sense to kill it. I don't see the, you know, the the sense of doing it, especially knowing on the government level of uh, talking about the United States that China is actually very happy focused on building their own internal blockchain and they're very closed. So I feel like for US, just to be not be less innovative than you know other country, countries, they're gonna be lose the competition and like being you know, top tech uh, country in general. So I don't think that crypto could be killed and, you know, it's just like, they're just like balancing it. But as I said, you know, even though the officially laws are launched that, you know, this, this is not allowed and we pushing it back, there's, you know, a lot of companies who's actually building, exploring and doing a heavy R&D in it and applying it already. It's just like, it's just not as used as, you know, in some different, uh, in some other countries. And it's very interesting. I actually very surprised, you know, because U.S. Uh, I mean, there is a good, there is a pros and cons in it, you know, like uh, because U.S. being such a great innovator in tech, yeah, and you know the Silicon Valley and you know the great uh, place for innovation and really, really heavy regulations as well. So with that regulation, U.S. was always like you know a uh, couple of steps steps back compared to all other countries on, on that side, because, you know, I, I consider myself as a nomad, travel around the world, and I see different tech solutions on, you know, different different markets, different countries. So yeah. even the banking system, like when I was coming from Ukraine, you know, like 10 years ago to United States and just seeing like regular banking applications that like Chase or Bank of America, compared to what we had like 12 years ago in Ukraine, we had way more innovative banking system. You can pay anything, and I'm not talking about the WeChat, for example. That you know, with WeChat in China, you can like literally pay for any type of services. Just scan a QR code, you pay your utilities, you communicate with everyone. So you have banking system attached to it, and things like that. So US like very slowly developing it with with its regulation, but you know. I don't think that is, is it like makes sense to kill it in general because who's going to compete with all other countries and currencies and chains, especially currently with uh, USD losing losing its position on the world uh, currency market. I yeah. think 
Um, I think the blockchain and cryptocurrency actually can help U.S. to get the leaders' positions back. I agree. A word that gets thrown out a lot is uh, CBDCs, um, centralized digital currencies. With those, are we actually dealing? So, if it's a centralized currency controlled by a centralized, uh, a central bank. Are we dealing with blockchain in that instance, or are they just kind of hijacking the word blockchain? Uh, but you mean, it depends, yeah. I think, <laughs> a good question. I think that's how the Ripple, uh, uh, Ripple started, right? They've been backed by the heavy banks. Back in the days, I remember there was a big, big uh, consideration regarding, is it like a pure blockchain in general, or they still backed by the banks and just like trying, the banks just trying to get into the innovative space and just get the position. I think, I think it's both, because, you know, big banks, government, they want to get the piece of the pie, of course, and don't miss the train. And they, that's why they create the regulation. And that's, that's why they create, you know, different projects that could be fully controlled. Because imagine that, you know, government or uh, JP Morgan or some big, big financial institution, they just lose an ability to control, control the finances that they used to control. For them, it's pretty, pretty big and heavy hit. So that's why they come in from, you know, perspective of, they ownership. So on the tech side, technically it's the blockchain, but on the centralization and ownership side, it's not like something that decentralized or disattached. Yeah. But those, you know, those centralized uh, currencies are still going to exist because that's, that's, that's the only one way. So they're still going to apply blockchain as a technology. They're still going to have this, you know, a database, uh, ledgers, and, you know, all the tools that the blockchain, smart contracts. But, <laughs> yeah, they're going to be owned by a big corporation or the government. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that in the end, cryptos like decentralized cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and other ones can win out over CBDCs in general because, in my opinion, fiat money and the ability for central banks to just print money as much as they want is really what kind of enables war and, and things like that because there's really no money in war. Exactly. So they print the money and then they tax you through inflation down the road to pay for their war, you know? Exactly. We're quite familiar with the current world situation. Yes. Yeah. With Alter Metaverse, is that just blockchain or is it using AI as well? And can you kind of paint a picture of what the metaverse is um, for people that don't understand? So uh, I was working in, uh, you know, AR VR space for quite some time for the past 10 years. And uh, the idea of building altar um, came from idea to connect different metaverses and the way how i found it it was again one of the rnds we did like a long time ago while, while we've been you know working with the blockchain just nfts just started to be a thing and uh i just i was just thinking about the future of you know communications and how users going to be interact with each other and you know if it's possible to you know, store some different objects attached, like virtual objects, objects or digital objects attached to the physical ones. And, you know, like the idea of the, you know, 
having the AR or virtual reality around you, the different advertising, imagine, imagine like a virtual time square. And that's what I was seeing as the metaverse, like some, something that, like metaverse was not a thing back then. It was just yeah. like the, the future of how the, how the communications possibly could happen. So I started to do like R&D with my team, with my friends and, you know, like brainstorming a lot on that topic and try to find some interesting use cases, how we can merge different technologies, what we can adopt and uh, what we can uh, build. So it came from the idea that, you know, everyone is going to be building their own metaverse. It's, it's the same as everyone going to have different games, uh, you know, like GTA, Mortal Kombat, or like yeah. uh, Sandbox, or Decentraland. Doesn't matter. It's just like little, little environments, little metaverses that are people playing with or living in. You know, they, they just exist, virtually exist there in those spaces. And why is why we can just create the unified profile that uh, can store different objects and could be linked to your wallet and those objects that you store on that profile on the wallet technically is your assets nfts and nfts itself contain different 3d uh, objects 3d assets as well as they contain physical objects as well as they could be technically uh asset because they have price that they can be sold on sold up on the on the secondary market yeah so it's same as you own any physical object uh, you know that these physical objects cost like 300 bucks but imagine that you own this physical object virtually and physically digitally <laughs> So you have like a digital object that just you 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 own um, you hold in your hand this object, but technically you can use that object in any metaverse, in any game, or in any uh, reality that can accept to log in with your profile or wallet. And you know, in one of the uh, metaverses, this could be like a fully high-level Unreal Engine-based graphics that is going to be like a sword of power. And some metaverse yeah. like. Uh, or some game like Minecraft is going to be boxed graphics, but it's still going to have some uh, functionality and going to give you some additional, you know, possibilities because you own that NFT as an asset. And then technically, uh, because that NFT could be dynamic, you can, you know, store different activities or different points that you are gaining while you're using that object. So the price of that uh, object is increasing with the time, and then you can sell it, sell it more expensive, things like that. So it's just like, you know, the, the, that's how it's the main core idea behind all to create a space where you store all your meaningful items, some, uh, and, and those items are assets, and, you know, you can pretty much use them in different metaverses. So we've been bridging different chains, and there is no reason to use just only one. At that, at that time, and pretty much building the different assets for different metaverses and you know connecting them as an NFTs with different chains. So it's pretty much Polygon, Ethereum, Binance Chain, Solana. That's the main one we used to um, to use this that items and NFTs. So we built uh, we built several engines. Uh, one metaverse is on Unity. One metaverse is on Unreal. I was you know, still doing a lot of, you know, R&D in metaverse space, working with the big companies. 
and currently alter uh, as a project you know we got to the point where i even had the funds to uh, invest pretty good amount of money <laughs> and right at that moment the uh, like market crash happened so i have to put everything on hold okay. you know the restructure the teams so we switch into the r&d mode and the team's working, you know, and, you know, we're doing like some R&D for the big, big companies. And I'm actually focusing on the transformation of the, of, uh, you know, alter into, you know, we have to adapt. The, the market is moving so fast. Whatever you want to launch as, at the moment when it was launched, even though we like, we built tech, like I think the amount of uh, money we spent, it was like around 1.5 million. Uh, just to build, uh, you know, some metaverse experience around two millions, around two millions with the blockchain, and uh, you know, different metaverse engines, and then, and then with the metaverse like market crash, everybody was like, oh yeah, nobody gonna be using metaverse. It's like, okay, like, let's wait two three years. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, you know, we have this, we have the tech, we have the wallets built, uh, we have the integrations built, we have a lot of crazy like R and D that we build, like for example, the generators. That was my favorite one. We can generate hundred thousand of cars just in 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 a, in a matter of like hours. Hundred of thousand, mm. so, hundred thousands different unique cars with different attributes. Yeah. Imagine like Need for Speed or any car game that are automatically randomly generated by by the algorithm, and that car uh, has the smart contract that uh, contains the attributes of every three D object that an attribute in a smart contract so if you have different type of wheels lightings or anything those attributes stored in the smart contracts and that's how you have uh, that mm. that's how you're going to have different gaming abilities or you know that's how that nft going to be different from the other one so it's not just a 3d object but also a smart contract that automatically generated through the through the system uh, a lot of cool stuff <laughs> i like i like playing with tech and you know, i like to find some different innovations in it The gaming aspect is really cool and really interesting because I I don't play games too much anymore, but I have in the past. And it, it kind of sounds like you have at least at some point in your life. I don't know if that's actually true or not. Have you have you been a gamer at different points in your life, maybe? Yep, yep, definitely. Yeah, I love uh, I just don't have much time lately to play. Uh, you know, I, I wish I had more, yeah. but uh, I love playing games. You know, I used to play way more when I was younger, of course. Yeah. And sometimes I can play even right now just for fun, but it's not as something that I do regularly. I don't consider myself like a fully a gamer <laughs> because I feel like gamers yeah. are people who just spend an every day just playing the games. I can do it yeah. like, you know, once in a month, maybe once in three months, maybe once once a year sometime. <laughs> but I used to play a lot. I used to play a lot like back in the days, you know, uh, you know, GTA. Uh, I can like name my favorite games, by the way, GTA, Mortal Kombat, Need for Speed, uh, all the top like <laughs> games, yeah, yeah. and uh, Counter Counter Strike, Quake, uh, and pretty much all the part Diablo, uh, Warcraft, uh, Starcraft, Duke Nukem. <laughs> That's the games I was growing up playing, you know. And uh, nice. You probably you probably familiar with those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people invest a lot of time into games and you often get, you know, cool drops and stuff like that, especially now, like the drops are a big feature of many games. And then one day you just stop playing the game. Your friends aren't playing it anymore. And 
all those drops that you got are nothing. You'll never see them again unless you start up that game. So the NFT aspect will allow you to bring those into the future games that you play, right? Even if it's just as a trophy. Is that correct? Exactly. Um, yes. So like NFT could be like, that's the beauty of the NFT that is could be a part of uh, part of that ecosystem of let's say one like game one ecosystem they launch their own NFT as the attribute or, or like uh, loyalty uh, or any type of drop that they launched. That's why I like the you know that's why I build the concept of altar that is like kind of like a third party NFT that actually can contain in the smart smart contract you can contain a relationship between different games so. It, doesn't mean that you're just gonna have something in one game it's like more partnership yeah. you build like you launch an nft that actually valuable in in many of them and that what's create uh, you know way more value for the nft itself for the you know idea of owning that attribute that you know you just play in this game and you stop playing but you play in the next one but you still have some sort of like bonuses or perks or some attributes that you can use and apply that's one thing, but uh, you know the aspect of like being gamer or not. I think um, even though if like you're not playing game, I feel like you, we're still playing. You know, some sort of like a games in our life always, uh, even though it's not like technically like you know Mortal Kombat or something. But we, uh, the human beings, from the user experience perspective. From the experience perspective, they like to have fun. They like to have engagement always. They like to have to get like freebies and free stuff and things like that. So the gamified models that could be applied in real life, that's where I see very, very, very big potentials because we can use, you know, those models that people like in the games applied to the real life, you know, like simple things like Foursquare back in the day started or like Swarm currently, Foursquare, where are you going? check in in different places and you make points i don't think that they they made it obvious how you can exchange those points but technically you just you know traveling around the world check checking in in different locations and making points based on that that's just like that's like the gamified model that creates like create some sort of like an engagement and fun for you or you know like a fine to earn models play to earn models for example i was building the game called mad backpacks it's a very interesting game based on very similar tech that we built on Altar. It's an AR game where you are buying the NFT backpack, you can upgrade that backpack, you can um, breed that backpack, but you have AR experience in playing mini games, specifically on some locations, and those experience mainly is collecting different cryptocurrencies. So you can grow your backpack bigger so you can collect more coins and play more games. So make more money so it's pretty much like a merge of like pokemon go Steppen, and mm. a couple of different you know uh innovative tech games applying fine to earn play to earn models so with that for me the metaverse in general i see it uh, not as the metrics vr helmets and we all like attached to it you know space where we just fully live virtually and you know exploring the virtual spaces for me uh, i would like to People get outside, explore the nature, help the planet, help the nature, and play those games with the metaverse. But metaverse more like an XR ability. So you're wearing goggles, you have like special devices that helps you to get uh, some sort of 
experience and make some achievements, you know, while they're playing. So it's less internal and more external type of experience. And that's why Alter for me was always like XR, even though we build the metaverse spaces that, you know, people can get in. But uh, I was focusing heavy on AR and XR, preparing everything for the goggle stack. Yeah, so do you mean with the AR, are you kind of like mapping the real world and having the metaverse um, yes. kind of incorporated into it? Okay. Yep, yep. So that's how you, so very much you use like the coordinates, the system of coordinates of the planet, same as Google Maps, let's say, right? So we have the yeah. coordinates points. On those points, you can drop any type of NFTs experience. Each NFT could be a uh, you know, collectible that you just need to find, let's say, or it could be a token. And then based on that, you create a virtual experience. So now currently you have to like walk around with the phone and like find it. But because the goggles are still developing and you know everyone is excited and we'll, we'll be even more excited after Apple Land. Uh, Apple gonna launch day uh, device. Mm. So we've been working in the space, preparing the tech for the experiences like that. And even the cannabis project, you probably have seen, we launched the in LA the cannabis project that was actually a very AR heavy and uh, containing blockchain as well. But the idea that you can see every product, so pretty much that's how we are disrupting the the e-commerce in general because you can yeah. first of all you can see every every product in 3d and sometimes you most of the time you can see just only only the image but now you can open it fully and you see what's inside how it looks like but then it's also contained an nft so we use blockchain for as the loyalty points and uh more nft you collect more products you buy you are uh, opening different perks and discounts uh, for yourself as a user yep so that was, you know, kind of like how you can apply those, you know, experiences and tech that are not fully, fully clear for uh, for regular people. Because you know, I really love Web3, uh, but for most of the people, they just don't understand why, why they need it. You know, what's the point? Like, why I need yeah. to install MetaMask or why I need that wallet? Why I need to collect those NFTs? What is it? What's the point? I like just, for me, it's enough already of applications. But... Building something for Web2 users who are fully Web2 and then have an ability for them to bridge it with Web3 as something beneficial so that can clearly clearly understand, okay, now I'm, if I'm getting this NFT, I'm just connecting this MetaMask uh, wallet to my profile that are actually, you know, regular Gmail profile. And when I'm claiming that NFT, I'm going to get like 20% discount on my purchases. Mm, it's kind of makes sense. So I have to, I have to try it. It's interesting. So they, they clearly, uh, clearly stepping into Web3 uh, with the full understanding why they do that. <laughs> yeah. Some people probably, well, I've heard people criticize NFTs as a fad to some, something that's just a trend that's going to die off. And I think for the most part. And it, it is kind of true. Well, I, NFTs are can be more complex, right? Like uh, it, NFTs aren't just uh, crypto kitties and and crypto punks and stuff like that. In my view, NFTs and and correct me if I'm wrong, but there could be a future where you can sell your house as an NFT with a smart contract. Am I wrong there? 
So, uh, yeah, that's like, uh, you know, like the technically NFT are like there's from the tech perspective, there was no much, you know, you know, difficulty or like ev- like revolution or something. Technically, it's the same smart contract as you have in normal token. Yeah. Uh, the only one difference that is non-fungible. But the beauty of like token developing in, in general, and as I mentioned before, like, for example, dynamic NFTs that store all your you know, activities and scores and like whatever you've been doing in any product or application, storing in the database and then applying it to the smart contract. So those things, and like, as you mentioned, you know, the uh, linking it with the physical object, even though, you know, I love that personally, I applied it to fashion and, you know, we build like the AR hoodies, AR t-shirts, where you can actually buy a t-shirt, scan NFT, claim NFT. So you're going to have, see like the certificate of the ownership, uh, certificate of the uh, authenticity first. So like you buy a legitimate brand that actually, you know, official because you claim the NFT from, from NFC or QR code. And then you also can write in the smart contact that you're actually an owner. So technically, whoever going to scan the NFC on the T-shirt or scan the QR code is going to see Ilya Fashko is the owner of this T-shirt. And it's going to be stored on the blockchain. So there is like, you know, some innovative ways of how you can apply the technology that makes, makes it definitely cool. There is always a gap on the legal side. And, yeah. you know, I met a few projects like that were selling expensive art through nfts you need to have some sort of like an escrow some sort of like third party a legitimate company that actually uh fully take responsibility that let's say if you bought that house you are fully you know technically signing a contract of you know buying the house approving the terms and conditions and you know all the agreements etc with just owning that nft and that part what's created a bit more complicated because you know uh, everyone has its own terms rules uh you know different countries have their own different rules and uh yeah it's 100% doable doable and i love linking physical object uh with the nfts it's just not as easy to do as is uh, as it looks like and I'm saying that because I was I, I was launching several projects on that, and you know I was doing a lot of R and D in that space. So the idea of it is very cool, but when you're trying to actually sell it uh, to the customer, you see the like bunch of issues that you have to solve. But I I truly believe that it's possible, and that smart contracts can improve that system in general. So for the metaverse space, we even we will even launching them. So imagine that you have an NFT. Uh, located specifically in the in that house that you want to buy so you can actually explore the map find on the map what kind of like where is that nft located uh that if this nft located in that specific house if you buy the nft you technically buy in the house but then you have to sign all the bunch of different agreements and do we want to make an nft that technically a certificate of ownership of that house or is just like an nft is the you know a thing that you know you just bought some art in that house or something because if you have the ownership what if i'll, I'll transfer this nft to you it does is, is it means that you know owner but you have to resign all the agreements again because you know technically you know there is no documentations that you you are uh, the owner of the house things like that yeah. you know whatever what if i'm gonna sell this nft for like i you know 
50 million dollars and somebody gonna buy it but technically by the paper the house gonna belong to somebody else and yeah there's so much like verification should be happened and document signed in parallel so it's just it, it's not enough just to own the nft yet but if there is a system that backing it with like escrow banking you know like the things like docusign uh, it's pretty much you have like an ecosystem where you can step by step do all the verification payments etc and then transfer an nft at the end that that is possible yeah yeah i mean you touched on something really important the legal aspect behind uh nfts is quite a bit behind the technology that the legal aspect needs to catch exactly. up quite a bit you mentioned ai being even bigger than blockchain and crypto and i agree with that AI has really, um, it's really trending over the last year with the rise of LLMs like ChatGPT. People have some concerns about artificial intelligence and and some of them are well-founded. What do you think the bigger risks of AI could be? Like people have the, you know, the robots, AI robots taking over the world. People worry about that stuff. And I think that's, possible down the road but i think there are some more immediate concerns like influencing voting and and things like that and obviously the faking aspect of academia people can fake literacy in a subject a lot easier than they could be for ai what are some of the drawbacks and problems that you see with ai yeah, because uh, first of all, yeah, AI was developing for the past ten years. Uh, it's not just happened for the you know past several years. There was a lot of you know tech being developed, it just haven't been launched. The risks, the main one, I think, is actually because we build we build in currently an intelligence that helping us as a humans to uh, develop our everyday things, solve our everyday problems. Or uh, I'm as an like artist or musician can use AI to 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 build something like a music or an artwork, let's say. So copyright uh, aspect is still a thing. So right now it's just you know because if you're using Midjourney and you're building all these amazing art pieces, there's not much your input as an artist. There is not much your style because you're pretty much referencing that style, mixing it with somebody's style. And technically, the copyright of it is not fully belongs to you. As, you know, it's it's not clearly your art as you know it used to be before that, and that's a bit of the problem. Same with music. So I see that it creates so much similar type of graphics, similar type of images. It's going to create similar type of music, even though the database of AI is going to be growing and it's going to, you know, do do its own research. But I feel like the human intelligence, it's so, it's it's going to generate some unique concept, some unique style based on its own experience. I don't know, growing in the fields of, you know, in the mountains of, you know, Mexico, with the cactuses, that person developed the mindset, the mindset and ability. That's how how that person see the world. So through that, you know, experience, 
having that type of lifestyle and community around that artists develop such a such a vision and such a technique that for AI currently it's hard to predict because AI using pretty much the databases of all the existing things, all the existing artists artists that been you know making art before and mixing it together. So I feel the the copyright aspect and the you know ability to create something very unique. But as an advisor, as a helper that helps me as an artist to do my research, to do my you know mood boards, uh, I don't know to to show the concept. Of course, it's it's improving all my processes, speeding up so much that you know currently for the past year, I I I personally can't even imagine my life with AI. It's just going to be like so much step backs because like every document you write, every image you need to generate, it just make life so much easier that you're getting used to it so yeah. fast. And it's improving your work process, but at the same moment, it's as good as like you like when you're working with it and you understand that everyone has the same possibilities and same type of access, it makes you sad because you want to be just only one that smart yeah. person who has this ability <laughs> to, to make this unique and use this unique type of technology. I feel like every human has this feeling that like, oh my God, so it looks like, so now everyone can do it. <laughs> now, like, it's, it's not going to be just like me who making the best document and the best structure and the best art or the best music. Everyone can do it right now. So I'm thinking that, you know, a few steps ahead that, you know, people still have to find those ways how to be unique and how to, how they're going to bring innovation in the space where everyone on the same level of, you know, uh, same good, <laughs> you know, yeah. on the same level of uh, developing and delivering such a good quality, you know, projects or work super fast. So coming back to like, uh, so I said copyright the uniqueness of art or content or media or document or whatever it is and same as a text you know like you can easily see that okay this is the this is made by with ChatGPT. like right now like everyone's sending me like they they used to send like uh illegal docs that was impossible to read you know back in the days because it was a legal language and you had to read now everyone's sending the gpt docs that is just like so long and you're already like can you just at least like make it shorter gpt can you, can you please do that so like it's going to be less reading for me because like everyone just like going through gpt and showing like how how cool they can put documentation and it's it's awesome uh, i just feel like you know there should be a good balance where you because when the GPT reads it, it's fine. But when the human reads it, you have to you have to read, and you know, there's so much pages. People still think that like nobody knows that it was GPT who was writing the document. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. I've used ChatGPT to like read documents and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Summarize me that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Me too. It's way, 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 way easier. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, am, am I violating the terms? Like, upload terms mm -hmm. and say, am I violating the terms if I do this? I don't want to read this. Just tell me if I'm in in line with the legal terms. It's really easy. It's really nice. It's crazy. It's, yeah, it's crazy. I love it. I love it. I, I mean, it's just like improving li life so much that uh, I, can't, I can't even imagine what's going to happen, you know, in the next next 20 years. So I feel like, even the way how I speeding up my processes when I'm doing, you know, research or when I'm doing any any type of, you know, you know, R and D branding that like doesn't matter what I do, like just like speeding up all the processes so much 
that uh, I'm just only imagining what people who are doing like scientific researches, you know, space explorations, you know, any different type of, you know, explorations that can, you know, bring us to the next level of uh, technology. I feel like the AI is going to be something that uh, will help us a lot. And, you know, I'm seeing it like uh, if, if, if in the long term there is, you know, there was the, there are the thoughts that I was uh, hearing since I was a kid, you know, the uh, futurists and people who write those, uh, you know, the futuristic sci-fi books or movies, usually like I would say like 70-80% right. So, you know, whatever I was reading that futurists role like in you know, 40s, 50s actually already happened. Uh, you know, of course, yeah. maybe from different perspective, it's a bit, you know, different, but whatever we are considering as the threat or whatever we're considering as the part of the process, progress possibly could happen with us because, you know, that's how a brain works. I feel like, you know, we are as a human being are the thinking creatures of the planet and the planet itself is the thinking organism that developing and created this like evolution. So when we think about something, we think in the perspective of that, you know, of the, our universe, <laughs> technically. So whatever can come into your mind, whatever idea you can have in your mind, I think technically is possible because your yeah. brain can think about it. It's like, you know, if your biology give you the possibility to do that, technically it's possible. So same is like, if you have this idea and that's thought and you technically see this, like realistically uh, possibly happen in the future. So it means that it's possibly can happen. So I'm not, I don't think that, you know, you know, we can believe in anything. Nobody knows, like, you know, there could be any, like, especially with current war, who can believe, like, I'm originally from Ukraine, who can believe from Ukraine that Russia gonna attack Ukraine? Nobody was believing yeah. that, like, we're, like, it was always the peaceful times. Or, you know, when the war has happened, that's something that, Technically predictable, but you know, sometimes people will say, "No, it's not going to happen. Everything is going to be fine." Like, why? Why are these things like that going to happen? Same with the machines. We don't know. You know, the, the AI itself is if it's going to develop the brain that's going to be smarter. That's human's brain. And technically, I'm seeing the AI as the you know the ether of the planet, where you can have like all the information, like Oracle that store all the information about the planet that can get all the knows everything you know about everyone about the science so people can you know connect to it and ask any questions right so yeah. what if that brain will decide and build their own system build their own evolution evolutionize uh, evolutionize itself into different into different type of creatures and you know if thinking about the space exploration because to uh, explore the space uh, you know, we need to, we still need to develop all this crazy scientific tech that will help us to move with the speed of light, uh, that will help us to survive on different planets with different climates and different atmospheres with different uh, levels of heat and cold. And, you know, that human's body is definitely not, that, that can survive on those, you know, those climates or those uh, environments. So... I'm seeing the evolution of humans <laughs> become becoming kind of like a cyborgs at some point. Mm. I agree. Because there's going to be just only one way for us to travel.
travel travel fast in the space, and that's where AI gonna play the biggest role. So I even, to be honest, when I'm thinking about, there is so much thoughts, so much information we see from the movies. So I wouldn't be surprised if actually AI even will be the next step of evolution of the you know uh, consciousness technically because it can store all the information about all the religions and everything yeah maybe it's not going to have a soul but we technically don't know what its soul is we're just talking about it but you know to send a robot to different planet robot that knows all the you know information that the humans needs to know but can survive because it's made of like metal and other stuff it's going to be way more easy to send to different planet and like, occupy the planet or like build something on that planet you know that's yeah technically was possible with AI and, you know, the, the evolution of it. It's a very interesting topic, and I can brainstorm it <laughs> yeah. forever. Yeah, it's a very interesting topic. There are really so many possibilities with it. I watched a video, my friend sent it to me, or he shared it about uh, Google's DeepMind, and it was accurately identifying all kinds of objects that were in front of it, in front of the camera. And the implications for that, for so many things, but also for people who can't see well or, or are completely blind and being able to supplement their vision with this AI that in real time can tell you what it what it's seeing is, is mind-blowing that we're right there on the cusp of having that generally available for people. And I can imagine a situation where, especially me, I, I love to interview people and I like to get as broad of perspectives as possible, but my I'm currently fairly limited to people who can speak English. Um, and I think it'd be really cool to, and I don't think we're that far away from it, but in real time, be able to interview people who speak a different language and have it being translated in real time and having a, a real time conversation with somebody who doesn't speak the same language, but you can understand what they're saying. I think we're almost there. It just, it, yeah. there is no platform yeah. for that, but uh, it's already, you know, the tech is already there. So we've been using with uh, my partner uh, from Miami. Uh, we were building the AI for uh, communication that uh, optimized the uh, call centers and, you know, cold calling. So technically, if you record your voice, you teach AI the way you speak. And then you can just switch a different language you want. So AI gonna speak with your voice and language you want. You can speak Chinese, you can speak uh, Hindu, you can speak yeah. like uh, any any type of Russian, Ukrainian, like uh, American English, British English, doesn't matter. So you can speak any accent and any any dialect with your voice. So that technology just should be applied in real time. And like we having this conversation, I'm gonna hear what you're speaking on my language, and I'm gonna speak but when I'm speaking on Euro. So I just haven't seen the platform yet, but I know that yeah. the tech is already there. Just, you know, I'm sure that somebody maybe already even built it while we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're right there where it's so close. Um, can you dive into how you use AI in your personal life a little bit or in business life? Um, are you using chat GPT? Are you using custom bots or are you using automated bots like what are you using me personally so i have uh, developers and tech partners who are actually very deep into you know combining and doing all those like automations and you know deep heavy research uh, i've been working with uh, ai for the past five six years we've been building the um, 
personal AI psychologist. So I kind of, you know, I'm familiar with the architecture, how, how it works. So um, when G- when GPT was launched, we actually had like a some sort of like a similar uh, concept. We just didn't have much money to build something like GPT built, but we were building it with my uh, with my team back in the days, like an agent. So for me, the architecture and the logic how to use it is is it's very clear. And I'm mainly using GPT or I'm using Paul, where I can you know install different uh, different type of the the bots and the systems, and you know that could. I can pick the one that's generate the better answer for me. Mainly, mainly, mainly current, uh, I'm using GPT-4. I know that the Google just launched their own. I want to play around. I haven't played with it yet. Is it live already, by the way? I don't know. I, I know BART is live and has been for a while, but I don't know about... Uh, is it DeepMind? Is that what you're talking about? No, I think they launched... Uh, I forgot the name, but I think they just launched the the... The new project. I forgot. I, I want to play play around with it, but yeah, I use the uh, you know mainly GPT, and you know just writing my prompt. I use it for uh, a lot for the documentation, for the conversation, for research. I think the Google itself as a search doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> yeah, I agree. you know, like when you search something uh, and you see so much bullshit and ads and like some like levels of information that doesn't give you the clear answer and when you use the ai that gives you clear direct answer based on the research and also the you know the uh, internet search like google search or bing search or something like that you you get a you, you get in the way way uh direct clear answer that you can extend and you know you can answer in details or you know apply some additional items to it to get you know, another answer that was like that's the the main use case that everyone going to be using, not just me. I feel like you know, Google search <laughs> doesn't make sense anymore yeah. because like I search through the through, through through the chatbot the information that I need to know because I know that I'm going to get way more clear answer. And of course, because right now we can do like a live search internet with GPTs also give you great great information. So. I use a Midjourney uh, stable diffusion for arts and graphics because I work in, in graphic space a lot, and I just like to have fun and you know uh, generate some concept that for me just to build those because I started as a designer, you know, like to build those. Let's say 15 years ago would be taking like a weeks of you know designing something, you know, learning about some you know. 3D programs or some different techniques that I have to learn how to do it, and currently I can do it in seconds. For me, it still blows my mind. But you know, I really love to play around with you know image uh, image generation and the video. Uh, it's like a stable diffusion to apply um, and, and generate like additional video concepts. So it's very interesting how we were uh, we were we were playing around with metaverse space and applying the stable diffusion to the to the textures of the metaverse. So technically you can in one click just change the design of your interior or exterior or you know an environment. Change the style of it. So if you want it's gonna be a Super Mario theme or it's gonna be uh, you know the Minecraft or it's gonna be a Fortnite style style of graphic or it's gonna be you know, High photorealistic 3D something with different textures. So, like in real time, while you while while you playing with 3D, you can change the textures. That was crazy. Hmm. 
honestly, as I said, like now I can't even imagine my life without AI because that's how, you know, humans got used to good things very fast. They just like, okay, I like it. And now you can live without it. Like you can live with, with the phone or like computer or same with AI. I was like, I use it for everything. <laughs> I use it a lot. I, I pretty much use it every day. And I, I even have another, another podcast where at first I was asking, uh, four different LLMs. Like I was asking, uh, uh, ChatGPT, Bing AI, which uses GPT four, um, Claude two, and Google Bard. I would I would ask them all the same question, and I'd read that. And uh, I that podcast is called Asking AI, and I I recently changed it so that what I do is I give it a prompt that's basically like a a chain, and I say I'm going to ask you. Actually, I only asked one question, and I haven't asked it a question since. I give the prompt that the AI chatbots get asked a question and then they ask, they pick another one of the chatbots to ask another question to and they come up with a question. And all I do is I just read through that stuff. So I enjoy doing that, seeing what the AI chatbots ask each other and what they have to say. And there's some pretty interesting questions. Is it actually like there is like an integration already where like GPT can ask like uh, any other chatbot? No, I or just... Or you do it manually by yourself? I have a Word document and I just, I change a couple parts of the Word document. Like I say, oh, these are the numbers left. Um, so I just have numbered the chatbots one through now five because I added a uh, Grok from Twitter on that. And uh, yeah, they'll just pick... W- one of the numbers that are left and they'll ask the question and then they'll answer the question. Um, well, they'll answer and then ask. And it's really interesting to see what they have to say. And So which, which one is your favorite so far? Uh, ChatGPT. It's, it's by far the best right now. Yeah, mine, mine as well. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, that's why I haven't played with the, the new Google product. I think they launched the, the new one that I want to check it, check out, but I think GPT is the best so far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Google Bard is nice because it's connected to the internet. It can search real-time data. Um, GPT-4, ChatGPT-4 can do that too with, with Bing, so it's it's right up there with it. But ChatGPT just gives the best answers, the most well-rounded answers. It actually answers questions like uh anthropics cloud 2 will often not answer a question like if it has to do with personal preferences there was one question it it was asked like its favorite music in my last episode and it didn't want to answer the question and i i just kind of prompted it i was like can't you just pretend you have a preference and answer it anyway all the other llms are doing it and it actually ended up I said, yeah, I guess I can do that yeah. and answer the question. And it's funny how <laughs> you can give these LLMs kind of these little prompts to motivate them. Like, oh, can't you just try? Exactly. Can't you just do it? And they'll do it. Exactly. It's, it's interesting. It's very human-like. Almost like it's, yeah, exactly. It's almost like you're talking to a human being. I love it too. Like, it's like you literally can communicate into intelligence and you can feel that there is a, a great communication that that intelligent understands you, you know, most of the yeah. time correctly. And that's my favorite feeling as well. 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on board. Yeah, I'm like, I'm a big fan of GPT. Uh, tried different ones, but I mainly like stick with the with the GPT four. I think it's giving me the best results. The friend of mine uh, is actually he's on Bali currently as well. I was just meeting with him. He built a very interesting uh, um, personal uh, advisor and assistant based on your uh, date of birth, based on your place of birth. So pretty much like an astrological type of you know, data you put into, uh, he gives you an information about your talents. So you are select if that talent is actually correct or skill set or skill is actually correct. And currently is actually something that you already advanced uh, in. And then it gives you, you know, a recommendation for you based on your psychotype, uh, what, you know, how you can develop yourself better and, you know, things like that. I think there is a great, great, you know, opportunity to use that in our everyday life as the, as the great, you know, helper, you know, to help to, to be like a psychologist or just like a virtual friend or, you know, somebody who can, you know, guide you and give you some sort of like support. But also on the communication side, as you say, like I was thinking that, you know, right now applying a lot of GPD in the in the in the emails conversation. You know, it's you never like an email like I used to write. I was just like, write me an email based on this 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 input. Email is done, sent. So technically, all the uh, all the uh, communications happen that AI talking to another AI because another yeah. AI. You know, nobody want to read this huge ton of information. You just want to see the summary. It's like, oh, I like what is this document? What is like? so much text like what is about oh okay i got it can you please answer that you know i'm fine with that and you know using my you know latest like business strategy please uh, send him an agreement based on you know my requirements blah 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 so you're just like sending him a prompt it like creates an email you need so technically it's just going to be ai connecting to ai and we just going to be like those like couple of seconds you know, of attention to the task and just continue to do something yeah. else. <laughs> well, it really is such a good tool. Yeah, no, I mean, I, in, in general, yeah, j- just in emails, you know, uh, the business optimization, you know, you've seen probably already how many people use I was just like, I can only imagine if I, when I was like studying in the university, I had the same, you know, AI ability just to write anything. So, I, or like do an R&D or write those documentations, just crazy, like, the kids that are growing in you know in that time they get in so much access to the information so easy and they have great possibilities to learn about anything. Right now you don't even need to code if you want to code because the AI can code for you. You just need to know the base and then yeah. that's how you learn. Right now the game development companies, the development companies, they cut in the budget because they can develop the same MVP that used to cost like hundred hundred and fifty K they can develop for 20, 30. I can develop it with, with my developers. So technically, like, you know, the MVP, you know, of launching anything was, you know, you have to find the right developer. He's going to write right now with GPT using the right uh, template, right framework, and, you know, right uh, model, you can uh, optimize the development process, make it way faster, make it way cheaper. The big big threat is the human labor cost <laughs> because, you know, we get used to uh, charging a lot for, you know, our uh, ability services and, you know, our rates. But right now with AI, it's kind of like, you know, I feel like all the copywriting, 
tasks, development, even design. Design is a little bit in between, but still, you know, with me journey on like right now is, you know, UI UX optimization, you can build, you can build like with AI, just uh, a flow that based on the text uh, and the inputs, you pretty much build in the whole application flow in a second. So you don't need to, you know, so the human labor cost is just still very questionable how we, so everyone is going to be very good and great professional. It's not like you have to spend 10 years learning about branding, design, development, something, so you can build that product as fast. Right now with AI, everyone can do that. So that's like coming back to what we were talking about. That's also, you know, still like something that definitely the threat in the, the human beings, because the population is growing. Everyone needs to eat, everyone needs to work everyone with the similar skill sets and ability and everyone can do it right now. So technically I feel like actually the price for doing something by your hands, like, you know, sculptor, maybe not sculptor because right through deep printing machines and AI right now it's crazy with sculpting, you know, like through mid journey, you generate the mid journey image and then you send it to 3d printer and it's prints you like a 3d, uh of that mid-journey generated image that has like crazy design so you don't even need like you know designers technically anymore because you can generate anything you want in clicks and actually make it physical it's insane so i don't know even the painter you know like i don't even know i'm trying to understand like but i feel like the the you know like the massage therapist probably massage therapist somebody who works <laughs> with the hands yeah. because machines still you know we have to another probably like 20 years to develop the same touch of human yeah. hands even though you, you've seen the elon musk you know elon musk tesla robots yeah yeah so yeah the tech is transforming so fast and so huge I feel like the the topic of like spirituality and uh you know being conscious and taking care of the planet is very important in all of these tech innovations in all this progress and things it's so we should find that as a human beings we should find an equilibrium because we technically uh all currently go into this like cyberpunk world and even though i'm very tech savvy Futurist, and I really love all these topics and developing a lot of you know technology myself and working in that space. You know, through my through my journey, I got to the point that it's so important to uh, take care of the planet. It's so important for everyone who who's who's living on the planet. It's the same as you, you know, brushing your teeth. You know, like same as you, um, you know, washing your hands or washing your food before you eat. The same way you have to be worry about what's happening with the planet and how we how we messing it up and how to take care of it same as you take yeah. care, taking care of your body because i still believe that it's possible to build uh, build a solar punk punk concept you know like there's like a steampunk cyberpunk but there's also a solar punk the solar punk is actually equilibrium where the nature and the progress uh, perfectly coexist in you know on the planet and the humans are developed the um, ability to grow the you know plants and you know regenerate all the resources and make it sustainable but very highly uh, innovative so that's kind of like the future that i want to have and want to live in not just like a cyberpunk uh, you know mad max or you know any other one examples that we know like terminator or something else you know 
So with that, I even like trying to use like AI currently to find those, you know, concepts and ideas and do the R&D. And, you know, we build a project that called WISE, uh, like it's World Initiative for Sustainable Earth based in California. So the idea of like uniting together different communities, different groups, different projects, different businesses with an idea that, you know, whatever we build, we focus on helping the humanity, helping the planet, uh, helping to build, you know, sustainable tech. Uh, friend of mine in Chicago, he's in mining space, so he built the special filters for mining where uh, all the pollution that's come from the tube actually uh, generate an electricity for mining, but it doesn't go to the atmosphere. Or yeah. there's so many good projects, you know, uh, for the cleaning the ocean and like the cleaning the uh plastic and things like that and that's where i'm digging to currently because i feel the passion inside of me to we have to focus if we want to you know our generations you know and the humans uh, continue living on the planet and enjoying it there is no much planets like like ours that we know at least yeah maybe you know in hundred years we're gonna find something but uh you know we still need to get there and we don't know what's gonna be there we need to take care of our home and that's that's where I hope that technology can help, not just opposite, destroy it. Yeah, I mean, you touched on a lot of important things, and I, I, I'm very passionate about the ocean being more clean because I, I love uh, snorkeling and and spending time in the ocean when I'm in a beautiful area. And like I was in uh, Thailand a few years back, and it was really depressing how much trash was in the ocean because it's so beautiful and then there's just all this plastic and uh it would really be cool it's horrible i just came from thailand I, oh i spent you? months in thailand and currently i'm in indonesia i was traveling through different islands of thailand mm -hmm. and indonesia and the same experience i was actually seeing all this garbage trash and plastic people just throwing up throwing from the from the boats that like yeah. uh, floating in the in the ocean it's insane and all asia is actually such a beautiful place so many beautiful uh, islands and so many beautiful land here in the ocean but the culture and you know education of how the people treat it because like all the tourists come come here and like they are just you know doing all the garbage yeah. all around there's a beautiful island so i've just been, been to G gili island and you know amazing it's like a paradise but then you go on the backside of the island and all the trash is literally on the beach, all the bottles, all the plastic stuff, because they need to. Uh, and I was like checking with the local people. I was like, why is that? It's like, because it's so expensive for them to transport it to different islands. Somebody needs to pay money for it. Somebody needs to do it. Somebody needs to take care of it. You know, but the government on their level can do it. So I'm, I was exploring and doing a little bit of R&D maybe to build some project around it as well. Oh, awesome. I mean, that'd be so cool. I mean, plastic in the ocean, it's, if we don't do something about it, it'll just be there for thousands of years. And it's just horrible. And, and there's a lot of environmental things that we can improve upon. And I think you touch on something really cool, because a lot of people when they think of AI and robots and stuff like that, I think there's this image of like, a lot of metal waste and stuff like that sitting around. But it really doesn't have to be that way. And I, I think people like you trying to make sure that that's not the way it is, is just vital. Yep, yep, exactly. This, this how I, I, 
I'm even using AI right now to find the ways how we can, you know, help the planet and how we can, uh, because AI can help a lot with it, like very like R and D and you know for the research perspective it helps a lot. So uh, I'm seeing that equilibrium. I'm seeing that uh, solar punk future, and I think it's all possible if all the humans can, you know, unite together with the same uh, same ideas, you know, with same uh, vibrations. <laughs> yeah, it's still horrible that. There are still wars on our planet, like uh, Israel and uh, Palestine. It's horrible. Ukraine, where I'm from, with Russia, that also does like nonsense. There are so many, many uh, things on the planet that should be fixed and solved. And we humans, instead of focusing on, you know, how to make our world a better place, we just still continue doing some stupid things that are. I don't think it's. It even makes sense to do, you know, like people already develop the, you know, intelligence to the level that, you know, we have to, we understand that it doesn't make sense to, to make it happen, but still, but, yeah. but, but humans still doing that. That's very sad. And I'm hoping that, you know, that transformational stage in new era. So hopefully that we are at the end of, you know, that craziness. Or horror and massacres, you know, like that's happening because, you know, we can change everything for, for, for the better. Yeah, I mean, we we can definitely be better as human beings, as a species. Like, we can do way better than what we're doing and what we've done historically. And, I mean, we're better than we what we were in the past in many ways, but we still have a lot of room for improvement. And hopefully in technologies like blockchain and AI can go to some some length to really remedy the issues that we're currently seeing. I'm sure, I'm sure it will, yeah. I feel like, I think I was actually asking the uh, AI about the, the future of like economy and the political systems. It's very interesting to, if you're gonna do, do a deep dive with GPT with that. So I think the GPT recommendation was that there is gonna be a system that going to be based on like mathematics and like that is uh, not going to be similar to what we have currently in the politics and i think i've seen something like that in the future in in the, in, the, in the movies as well so the political systems on the planet and the way how the human exists and you know the borders the wars for the territories technically who need those borders who need those you know uh you know small if we can build like a like a world economy or you know something that can be controlled not controlled but regulated in the in the right level of like economy organization if we can work on those systems to build them that's where i think that ai can can bring uh, a lot of value but again it's also it's also depends how the you know imagine that ai going to be developing into the oracle state and it can give you an answer for any type of question that's something that on the government government level, imagine on a government le level, AI will be given recommendation, right, for the government how to actually do what kind of law to put or what kind of economical move they should do. At that stage, AI is going to be uh, on the level that it's way higher than just the government, right? So I don't know. It's very interesting uh, concept. Because technically, AI could possibly be smarter than human. That human 
and I think it could be more. Do you remember this movie uh, with uh, Johnny Depp? <laughs> uh, trying to remember the name of it is like uh, when he he was the scientist, kind of like a Silicon Valley tech guy, and then he uh, was building an AI, and then he became an AI himself because he was dying or something, and he had he has to bring his conscious into the AI, and then he was actually uh, you know changing the planet because. The way how he uh, was all, like he was doing the crazy scientific research, how to heal people, regenerate the material of you know what uh, humans are built like in super fast way, treat any uh, disease or uh, any sickness in humans' body, and then the next like he was you know as an AI he was developing to such level that he's already been using a water and water is everything on the planet like the planet made yeah. mainly. Of water, same as the human beings, and he was actually uh, put his molecules of AI into the molecule of water, so he became a water, and technically he became a planet, and he started to regenerate the planet. So he developed develop the science and tech to such a level that he can be uh, like on the molecule on the molecular level, be a part of the H two O, but then. Uh, because he was covering all the planet, he was storing all the information in the water. He's actually uh, started to heal the planet, make the you know uh, all all the all the parts where planet were dying, and that's very interesting concept. Because technically, if you think about how the AI could develop itself, uh, with you know growing its you know intelligence and getting to such a level, it's still they still were showing that when human apply the ego. And we come in from the ego perspective, and the ego were applied to AI. The AI still has has the ego of the person who was developing the AI, and there was the moment of that. That's why it's wanted to like destroy, uh, or kill, or something. But when there is no ego, technically, I mean, it's a very interesting topic, um, and it's a very interesting topic actually in the future is like because right now the science explain a lot of like. A lot of spiritual things that are being used by different techniques, you know, for a long time, right now explained by the physics or quantum physics or, you know, the science pretty much. And I feel like the AI is going to play a big part of it because we can understand it way better. We can understand better ourselves. We can understand better how yeah. to uh, how to be better, you know, and how everything works. Yeah. You touched on uh, AI could kind of be above government in a certain way, and I think that might scare some people, but... Mm -hmm, exactly. The idea of politicians being AI rather than people is intriguing to me because po politics is one of those areas that you're giving a human being who can be corrupted a lot of power over decisions and... and I, I would say politics is a very corrupt business. And uh, if you had AI doing a lot of the things the politicians are doing where the AI couldn't go outside and do things that it's not supposed to do, 
it could clean up quite a few things. So it's a very intriguing exactly. concept to have. Exactly. You know, that kind of stuff. That's why when you ask the, the you know, like remember we we're talking about, about the blockchain and you say how the blockchain can, you know, change something. And I was talking about the governments and yes, transparency in the financial finance finances or something. But that's why I mentioned that AI I think gonna bring way, way more value to it. Because technically uh, we currently building the law ourselves. We follow in that law with the time we understand that that law was nonsense. We develop in the new law and that law become the nonsense. So because of, you know, we seen that that is was, you know, mistake and it could be a communism uh, as an example, right? Like, or it could be segregation or it could be any war technically that's happened also based on some sort of like informational and situation why it's happening. Technically, with an AI and having like a third-party system that can understand laws and can understand the rules and can understand all the situation, can give you a best recommendation for that. Yeah. And eliminate the corruption, eliminate the transparency, eliminate, uh, I mean, provide more transparency, eliminate the corruption yeah. and um, give that recommendation or build the system that's going to be uh, way better than the current one. I think that's definitely the the space where it could be used the best. The only thing that, again, coming to the ego perspective, the humans, same as what's happening with the blockchain and the government, they just don't want to give this thing uh, to anybody so easy because of they want to control everything and they want to make money yeah. and you know, they want to, you know, control more and more and it's all ego again so it's a very complicated topic <laughs> and the blockchain is one of the simple small examples why it's so hard to yeah. apply it but with AI it's going to be even more harder because it's going to be crazy regulated right now because of the abilities that it can give and you know it, it is makes sense to regulate it I think because if we're going to give it to uh, everyone there are so many you know people who just want to do something bad to somebody. And if they're going to use AI, they can use it, um, you know, in the bad, with the bad intention. And it's also, also could be very scary, you know, for the terrorists, let's say, is to get access to some, you know, how to build a nuclear bomb, blah, 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 to do, do, like, you can, you can get all the information so fast or find some, you know, something that can create a threat for somebody. Um, so it's very important to, it's it's also you know on the other hand it's very important to regulate you know it's uh, very important to KYC people to see who's using that and have a you know a little bit of control so I think like if the humans have the control on AI and there is still the way to uh, you know like we tweak the prompt uh, before we do any type of actions we you know correct him and you know we work with him so that's the best way of like using it as the as the helper currently yeah um. It really is. It's a powerful tool, and I think we have to use it responsibly. And there's always the risk that there's going to be bad actors using it in a bad way. Um, do you... Okay, so let's say somebody is fairly naive, or, or let's say somebody doesn't have much background in AI or technology and and blockchain too, if you want to go into that but they want to implement things and use AI. They want to potentially start a business incorporating AI. 
they want to innovate. How would you how would you recommend somebody approach that starting from scratch? Mm, I mean, it depends what kind of business. Uh, the first way you can always open GPT and help you to build a strategy, business plan, and uh, you know work with your concept to uh, understand what the main key items you have to uh, develop to uh, to build it. It's actually very helpful right now. I never been using it before. It was no GPT. I was just building it myself. But right now, we can just like, okay, I have this idea. Can you help me to do this R and D? So I think with GPT itself, it's very easy to uh, you know brainstorm and generate different concepts and see how they can potentially apply and what kind of models you can build with it. It's very very helpful tool for that. Uh, but it's nice also to find, you know, like. Even though it's very competitive already, and you know, we've I've been getting requests to build different type of AIs for the past year because after launch of GPT, a lot of people just like I want to build AI for like creating the movies, or I want to build AI to like I don't know, disrupt this and that. So it's great to find a niche where you can find that AI can actually do this, you know, small type of improvements and more more niche product you're going to build is better because if you're going to go go like spread wide it's always harder to develop uh so if you're going to try to solve try to find something small that you can solve with that ai that somebody didn't do yet and that will be the, the best approach yeah. and then based on that you can build uh build the system that can scale and grow into something bigger um yeah that's kind of like the main recommendation <laughs> Awesome. Do you have any books that you recommend um, people interested in AI, blockchain, innovation, sustainability? Uh, do you have any books that you recommend people read? Um, uh, I'm I'm lately yeah for the for the past time yeah I can send you the list. It's just going to be um uh, you know I have I have different type of books I reading. I can send you the list. Uh, I was reading the books about the spirituality currently and you know the the conscious. Ram Das, and I was like diving deep because I'm currently on Bali, so doing my spiritual retreats right now. And it's also very important, and I think it's very important for everyone to do. Doesn't matter what you do in this life, uh, you know, to understand your body better, to understand your, you know, biology, your, uh, you know, your conscious better. So I was reading a lot lately, not about the tech, but about the, you know, uh, spirituality, like buddhism and also finding the connections how it could be applied for the tech but if you want i can send you some books so you can show it <laughs> awesome do you do you get into philosophical and spiritual conversations with ai uh i try to it's very interesting because it's more like you know we, uh, i didn't i didn't i didn't do like a really, really like a spiritual conversation with ai I uh, was mainly getting the information about something and what AI thinks about it. And AI more like, you know, always more like a Wikipedia kind of approach. But it's actually a good point. Maybe, you know, it's interesting will be to try to, you know, dive a bit deeper and see like how it can, uh, you know, how it can uh, answer. <laughs> like, what is the soul? And what do you think, you know? Yeah. I get into uh, philosophical conversations or even debates with uh, ChatGPT quite a bit actually so it's pretty fun it's interesting if you have any good examples some something that you find very interesting just send it to me
Yeah, like I got into a conversation with about like economics and uh, how the economy could be set up with like a deflationary currency like Bitcoin. And it was interesting because it would point out some things that I was missing and and then I would uh, offer my input and it would get it would give it back. Um, we also touched on, uh, I was preparing for an interview I was considering doing at one point with a guy who believes vaccines cause autism, which is not something I really believe myself, but I was exploring the idea and I did get into a philosophical conversation with uh, ChatGPT where it was saying, um, yeah, no, it doesn't cause it. And I'm like, I'm kind of probing it. And I, it eventually said, yeah, I'd, it doesn't want to cause harm, basically. And I, I kind of pushed back and I said, well, let's say that the information that you have is incorrect and you're programmed not to do harm and you're giving information based on incorrect information, then you would be doing the opposite of what you're programmed to do, right? And it actually acknowledged that I was correct in that, which is pretty interesting. So, yeah, some interesting conversations with it. <laughs> and it's technically say that technically it's possible that vaccine can cause the uh, problem, autism. Yeah, no, it didn't like acknowledge that at all. Um, it just acknowledged oh, that okay. if it were given incorrect information, then everything it was doing could be the opposite of what it was programmed to do because it's programmed not to cause any harm, right? But if it was given bad information, because like sometimes, like cigarettes, we used to think cigarettes were healthy, or that was mm -hmm. the propaganda that was out there. But the reality was it wasn't. Exactly. So it was just a really interesting conversation. But, but Ilya, I can keep you here and talk your ear off and, and just keep picking your brain, but I respect your time. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. Before we wrap up, um, do you want to give listeners a way to find you on social media if they want to follow you or any way that they can contact you to work with you and then anything else you feel like sharing? Yes. Uh, if you want to contact me, you can uh, find me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn will be the best. Uh, uh, you can find me by my last name, Pashkov, P-A-S-H-K-O-V. Um, so that will be the fastest way or my personal website, pshkv.com. Um yeah, just shoot me a text. Um, I do a lot of you know consulting in tech, um, innovate innovations, uh, and design. Um, develop a lot of interesting things, including the metaverse, um, blockchain, crypto, and uh, tech in general. So it could be a products and product design. So I'll be happy to you know to help or work with uh, anyone who's interested and also who uh, who would like to talk about the topics of spirituality sustainability helping the planet with technology and innovations and how to build a better impact i'll be more than happy to to talk and find the partners and you know people who synergize with me in that direction awesome elia thank you so much for joining me today it was a great conversation thank you so much very happy and uh Wish you a success and thank you so much for such a good questions and uh, let's uh, research uh, more on tech and AI and, you know, the topics that we're passionate about. Um, I wish you all the best from my side and uh, looking forward to see you soon. Thank you.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Thoughtfully Mindless. If our conversations resonate with you, consider leaving a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your streaming platform of choice. Your ratings help us grow and reach more listeners. Don't hesitate to spread the word about our podcast. It's one of the best ways you can support us. I'm always eager to hear from you. So find me on Twitter at TMConvos or follow us on Instagram at Thoughtfully Mindless for a peek behind the scenes and more thoughtful content. And if you're looking for additional ways to support the show, visit FractalZoo.net where you can find exclusive t-shirts and apparel. Each purchase contributes directly to the podcast and allows us to keep bringing you content that matters. Thank you once again for lending us your ears. Until next time, stay thoughtfully mindless. Thank you.